When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Irish Times Second Captain's Euros podcast we've been hoping to bring you all tournament as we get to celebrate that oh, it's one of the greatest moments in the history of our, of Irish sport Murph oh, Richie God. how are we feeling this morning I just watched I just watched the goal set to the Titanic music and it really works oh, it really really works can I just tell you that I think this is the most fun we're ever going to have in a podcast I think, right, let's, let's watch it again here I think we can just put this yeah. in a loop in the background here, yeah, yeah. Better, I think you sh- at here. no stage should you be not uh, more than uh, two feet from uh, screen showing the goal there it is get in there Robbie Richie it's incredible I, I was on I was on RT radio last night doing it so you're kind of in this little radio studio with this kind of no natural light and you, there's about six different <laughs> screens you're looking at them and of the match and, and, and weirdly enough I don't know why three of them are on different speeds so it's a little bit distracting and the commentary is about a second ahead so we, we kind of knew the goal went in <laughs> well, before okay, we actually yeah. saw yeah, it going yeah. in but then it was pandemonium I was on with Pat Fenlon and Mark Kinsella and it was just amazing like we, the, the, the whole night the performance even the selection was a talking point and then the performance and the way the game started I thought God like the pace of this is ferocious and the effort they're putting in is great and then we're kind of saying well you know, the commentary team is saying it's really hot there, the roof is closed, they're not going to be able to keep this up for an hour and a half, they're going to have to come up with a different way of playing, but it wasn't needed, they just did the same thing from the first minute to the last minute, thoroughly deserved the win. Yeah, well they had started to tire, I thought, it was, uh, you know, I was starting to lose a little bit of hope, on, on, and then Wes got his chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was one of the easiest chances that you could, you know. Yeah. It's so deflated when yeah, you see yeah. that happen, because I'm, I'm sure... I've spoken to everyone I've spoken to this morning. They reacted the same way that we reacted. You look at it and go, 
that was it. That was our yeah. chance. That I'm was watching it. it back again. It, Ronnie Whelan's reaction in co-commentary was so deflated. You know, it was just, you, you'd assumed it was gone. I mean, oh, you had to assume yeah. it was gone. But you didn't even have much time to dwell on it because the goal happened so quickly afterwards. Yeah. Uh, like the, I was, so I was watching it in my, in my local, right? And it was obviously completely rammed mm-hmm. and absolutely brilliant. Like amazingly good atmosphere. Uh, everyone was just like, bowled over by how good Ireland had been like the three early reducers were straight away <laughs> like this is brilliant this is, we're on we're on here we're on the right sp- in the right spirit yeah, yeah and then yeah. just you know instead of it kind of building to a crescendo it was going down and going down and we're getting increasingly desperate and when Wes when Wes's chance was missed I think half the pub turned right, like turned their back on the screen you know and started like gazing you know plaintively out the window that was basically what uh, half the pub did and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just to, to go from that to the goal. I mean, the goal was one of those, I think you, you might uh, have more of an appreciation of this as a Dublin fan who's stood on the hill for uh, for a long number of years. Right. One of those situations where you, something happens in the game, you celebrate, and then you end up, like, at least 10 yards away from where you were. <laughs> yeah. You've no real idea of how you got there. Yeah. So it was basically like everyone in the pub was picked up by someone thrown into a big giant mess and then two minutes later we're like my my pipe's like over there 10 yards away I, don't, I have no idea how I got over here uh, but it was absolutely amazing and it is one of these situations where you know I'm uh, more often than not I'm a man who likes to sit at home you know with a cup of tea and watch a sporting event uh, and I wouldn't be a big man for watching sporting events in the pub but in situations like last night the communal spirit, the idea that you're sharing it with like a group of people, whether that's 50 people or whether it's, you know, 35,000 people or 40,000 people in the stadium last night. It's, it actually just increases the joy of the ah, moment. Yeah, I was watching you know? it with a bunch of friends in one of my friends' apartments, one of whom was just home from Australia. I wish I had the same clarity as you do in your memory of, of what happened after the goal went in because I have no idea what we did really apparently there's a video maybe the video is taken at, at full time by somebody who was there but I'll have to watch that back to remember yeah. exactly how I celebrated because <laughs> I, I really really haven't got a clue uh, you were out and about last night Richie afterwards it was, I was going back through town through Dublin city centre uh, there, was a, there was a touch of the Italian 90s about it I mean there were a few people out in the street singing and, and shouting and all the rest of it did you get any sense of that? there was yeah well in Italian 90 I was 11 so any, any of those that, that footage of those scenes is just stuff that I've seen on telly I, I wasn't in the thick of it when I was 11 um, but like last night did feel like that and it was a constant reference point that people kept saying they were saying things like this is our this is an, a kind of generation or an era defining result for us for this group of fans now because the Germany result in the group stages or in the qualifying stages you know was, was hugely impressive but it's in the qualifying stages and then there was no big win in 2002 in the World Cup the last Euros was a was a washout. So you have to go a long, long, long way back, like ninety four, for for a result like this in a, in the finals of a tournament. And this one came with a late goal that guaranteed qualification, that kept us in the tournament <laughs> against a, you know a giant power. It was it was just an awesome night. There, there was, like there was no negatives in the whole thing whatsoever. It, it was it was a joy to be watching it and then to be in and around town last night. It, it was it was pandemonium. You got the sense from the players as well. Robbie Brady speaking immediately, and we'll hear some of the reaction in a little while here. Uh, Robbie Brady immediately afterwards, just just explaining that this means at, at least as much to him. And you could see that with the celebration with I presume somebody who was his brother. Yeah, looked looked quite a lot like Robbie Brady anyway. Yeah, yeah. Hugely emotional. If if we get a more iconic bit of footage than him celebrating with his family after sending Ireland through to the next stage, I, I, I'd be surprised. We're going to win this tournament. Yeah, we'll have to win the tournament <laughs> to actually get a better image than that. I, I've heard that loads. I didn't see the, the player interviews after the game last night because we, we, we were on air and then at, at 10 o'clock we were off and then I just went into town. So I didn't see them last night. But it it, it, it sometimes is surprised for me when so many people think, you know, wow, you, did you see what it means to the players? As if... As if we wouldn't know in advance, but that's because generally the players are always so guarded in public. It goes we, through like three filters before we get a chance yeah. to, to see it. Yeah, we, we, like in, in, in press conferences, post-match, pre-match interviews, you, you go through the motions, you play it safe, and we don't really get a sense of what's going on in the players' minds for good reasons, because football media are just a different beast to, mm. to, to, to media, different sports. Um, and last night, it's just all, all the kind of the the front or the act just dropped and you saw some of them close to tears some of them in tears the, the, the interviews were brilliant and like it, it was it was awesome Roy Keane Martin O'Neill 
Gigi Buffon, basically all the Irish, everyone connected <laughs> yeah. with the Irish the squad. The entire Irish were backroom thrilled. team. Were like, absolutely Buffon thrilled. is just amazing. Like, yeah. Roy and Buffon are kissing each other pretty much after. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Maybe no harm for Buffon, for Buffon's mindset. That the, the perfect result. Yeah, for that his replacement Buffon. goalkeeper also made a mistake. Just to remind everyone that Italy do have one of the best goalkeepers yeah. of the last 15 or oh, 20 ever. years. Yeah, yeah. Will we go over and check in with somebody who was lucky enough to be there? I think we should. I think we should. As minutes go, that was probably the best in the history of Irish football. So said you, Ken Hurdy, in the Irish Times this morning. <laughs> yeah, was it? Was did it all happen in one minute? I don't know. If it really you did. did. It seemed like it seemed like less than a minute to me. It yeah. seemed like it all happened in about eight seconds. Mm. Wes Houlihan getting the ball after Bruce fell over, realizing, hang on, we're playing on here. Running into the box, having everything. It was just perfect. And then no, no, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then, yes, yes, <laughs> oh, unbelievable. I mean, we're all, you know, you know, you're supposed to observe certain conventions of professionalism and no propriety in the press box. In the press box. Um, <laughs> everyone on their feet just jumping up and down. I mean, it was. I'd like if someone had footage of it. Actually, <laughs> just uh, you know, those kind of uh, it's the, the section of the stadium that looks really boring with with all those grey desks and no colour, and then just all these people jumping up and down like uh, like like a bunch of Spanish journalists we were on. Like when like when Real Madrid score a goal in the Champions League final, and all the journalists go mad and sort of start jumping on each other and spilling beer everywhere. That's pretty much what it was like. Uh, when that goal went in, absolutely amazing, unbelievable. Uh, just the, I mean, the performance was incredible. The end was incredible. Everything about it was amazing. I'm just watching it. We're, we've been watching it again here, Ken, and we'll continue to do so mm-hmm. right through this broadcast. The t- the energy that Robbie Brady showed to make that run in the first place, and also the timing of it was incredible. There, there was an iconic moment in the, the NBA last week, which is going to go down as one of the most iconic moments maybe in American sports history. LeBron James seals his legacy in part thanks to this amazing play where he somehow gets back to block a shot from a seemingly impossible position. This unbelievable leap and timing and all the rest. This is, Robbie Brady is our LeBron James today because uh, I don't know where that came from, but it was stunning. And Robbie Brady started the move, you know. He, he's the guy who gets the ball at the back and, and he's running forward, plays it to McGeady and then just starts running. And McGeady kind of moved forward and played it to Hulan. Hulan kind of cuts inside and curls it and there's Robbie Brady. <laughs> you know, and, and, and as you were saying, it was hot. It was, it, was, it was really heavy in there. Like it was kind of stinky. Uh, they closed the roof. I mean, they were expecting thunderstorms. The thunderstorm actually only arrived sort of this morning um, in Lille. But uh, you know, it was it was it was a very uh, humid sort of atmosphere, really kind of sweaty, draining type of conditions. So yeah, just phenomenal uh, to have the willpower just to keep going and the fitness to uh, to be there at the very end. Uh, and what a ball by Hulin as well! Just such a perfect ball after this disaster, and it was a disaster. It would have been the biggest miss ever, you know, from an Irish player. The biggest, the worst ever miss. You know, Ray Houghton could finally stop worrying about that thing that happened at Wembley 15 years ago, that every, or 25 years ago, rather, that everybody remembers. Um, this would have been just the worst possible. You know, qualifications there. Everything is there. He's got the ball. It's on his left foot. He's got all this time, all the time. Doesn't score. I mean, just shattering. Absolute, absolute disaster. And imagine what it would have been like. You know, Wes Houlihan, a player who, you know, you can just imagine people going, well, he's all got a bit carried away over that man. <laughs> You know what I mean? You can you just you can just hear those people, and within a few seconds he's got the ball back, and there is just such a beautiful cross. The Brady doesn't even have to break stride; he just speeds up a little bit when he sees Hill and get the ball. He's like, "Yeah, I think I know where this is going." And you know, I mean, he talked about it afterwards. He's saying, "Look, I just I I thought that was where he was going to put it. You know, I just kind of trusted them to put it there, and just ran for that spot." And uh, and it was great. I mean, it's just when you see a goal like that. Sort of the momentum of everything, the way the ball, 
Dwayne Brady almost ended up crossing the goal line at the same time as the ball. He was going that fast. You know what I mean? Ends up yeah, running behind the goal. And the picture, the picture of him with his girlfriend and brother is uh, is amazing. It's honestly just the, all of everybody in the picture is crying. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's a, it's it was just it's beyond words. Yeah, I'm not far off crying now thinking about it, yeah, to be honest with yeah. you. It's, it's superb. Richie, just your take on the goal there, uh, as Ken describes it. This is an enjoyable conversation. It is. Like, this, is a, this could go on for hours. This is thoroughly Buckle enjoyable. Up, people. This is going to be a three-hour podcast. This is a day's work, apparently. <laughs> Before I talk about the goal, just think back at some of the conversations we've had about the Irish team over the last few years. Yeah. And it, like we come in and say, God, we have to talk about that game that was last night. Like I remember... I don't know, I can't think of... There was some midweek games in the Aviva and boring draws, drab atmosphere, and you're just thinking, God, it's... And just sometimes, going nowhere. Like sometimes this. it's a bit of a slog talking <laughs> yeah. about this over the last few so years. It's a slog for people listening sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and but and last, but the, the goal, like the delivery from Hulan, like it was Beckham-esque, like the accuracy of it, the timing. Bray didn't have to break his run. It was right between he the two. He didn't slow down, he didn't Nothing. speed up. It was just... Nothing. It was just... It was absolutely perfectly where it had to be to give Robbie Reddy no chance to miss. Yes, yeah. That's how good it, the ball it was. It took the two defenders out of the game and it was just close enough to the goal to entice the keeper to come out and make the wrong decision. It, uh, it was just, it was perfect. Was the, what, what was it, bad goalkeeping? Can we add Salvatore Sirigu uh, onto the Gianluca Paluca list of keepers who maybe should have said? Like, it yes, was like one of those games from the European Cup in the late 70s and early 80s when the muscular uh, team from the English League uh, <laughs> hammers the cowardly Italians, and <laughs> culminating in a in a continental goalkeeper uh, rushing out and being unable to deal with a cross. It was it was there was a real kind of throwback quality to that. Um, I mean, you know, the North City players coming out on top over Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, it was definitely a mistake by Sergio. But you know, it's like Richie said, the ball was just right to tempt him into that it was just what are you going to do the defender's not going to get it i've got to do something you know it's, it's going to be a free header one way or the other i mean he tried to get there first and uh that didn't work out for him yeah just the position he ended up in looked all wrong you're certainly not going to stop the shot if you're lying on the ground when the player's <laughs> heading but listen this is great i just want to add another layer to this goal <laughs> I know, yeah, but I suppose if you, you always say if, if you come out that far from your line and you don't get the ball or you don't get the man, you, you, you've made the wrong yeah, decision. Yeah. But just even to go back to, to O'Neill, like we've spoken a lot about him, and, and you wonder what level of preparation goes into the, the setup and the formation and all that. But the, the team selection last night, like that was ballsy. It was a big, Absolutely. big, big call. Like, like I know people kind of give Glenn Whelan a bit of stick, but he's ever present and has been for a long, long time. He's one of the most experienced in that position. He was taken out and centre half. You, you just assume, and who's going to play at centre half with John O'Shea? That's well, he, always he, been the he conversation. Took her, and he took, he took out our two leaders, exactly. really, O'Shea and Whelan. Yeah. Which is in a, in a me, huge yeah. game, like when when the stakes couldn't be higher, like the the consequences of it going wrong are in, in the short term we go home, but also. To be questions then about O'Neill's judgment and his suitability for the job, and you know how binding was that handshake with John Delaney, all this kind of stuff. That's yeah. where the conversation would have gone. And to make those calls in a game like this, I think was like he was totally vindicated in the end. But but yeah, for the, huge calls. Yeah, team selection is a is a you know it's it's a weird thing at international level. It's most of the job. You know, like that's that, that's it. You know, and if you look at say what Roy Hodgson has done with the England team, like he doesn't have a clue. You know, like he can't make a decision. That's why he brought like five strikers and played one of them up up front for his first game. Like he like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like O'Neill, I, there's loads of things wrong with how O'Neill O'Neill has prepared the team. I think, but to make four changes, that does that that it puts your head in the block. Like it, you've made a decision there, and. The easy thing is to play Glenn Whelan. Like the that's the easy thing. To, the easy thing is to play John O'Shea with over a hundred caps, and you know played in the Champions League final. He's like our he's our guy uh, in the centre of defence, and the way that he goes about and does that and makes four changes, and they all work out. I mean, you know, there's probably a little bit of luck in that too, but you got to hold your hands up. And they say, all work out. Absolutely brilliant. And the substitutions worked out. McGeady yeah. had an impact. Wes Houlihan was there after the, the Italians had been softened up. And there's something to that. There's, there's an obsession with the starting team in these tournaments, which is fair enough. But it, it's as important who's on the last 20 minutes there when, when the game has stretched a little bit. And all this looks like a masterstroke now, Ken, I guess, after, after what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all, like all the goals in, in Euro 2016 have been scored in the last five minutes. Um, so maybe that is the most important team 
to be thinking about. <laughs> he's yeah. going to be there at that that sort of red zone time of the game when uh, everything goes nuts and all the goals start flying in. Um, I mean, it was good to be able to bring a weapon off the bench. I mean, it would have been better. You know, it would it, it's great. It would be great if we had more players. You know, if we had more players of the caliber of of Hula and to have to be able to have players like that to call upon throughout ninety minutes. But in the end, it worked out brilliant. I mean, the big call for me. I mean, there's two there's two huge calls. One of them is replacing the entire central defense mm-hmm. with totally inexperienced players at this level. Two championship defenders. That's that's huge. You know, to 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 do that. I mean, I think. I don't know if part of it was the fact that throughout the week there've been a lot. There, he'd been asked a couple of times. Martin O'Neill been asked a couple of times about Michael O'Neill's team selection. You know, O'Neill changed six players and won the game against Ukraine. And it was kind of a "Have you seen the size of the balls on Mar- on Michael O'Neill?" <laughs> tone to a lot of these yeah. tones a lot of these questions. Have you seen the size of that guy's balls? And you know, I'm not, I'm sure that Martin O'Neill doesn't make decisions to uh, you know. To, to show that he's, you know, every bit as much of a, you know, you know, he can't be considered Martin o- Michael O'Neill's uh, inferior in any department. Um, but, you know, I suppose, I mean, it was, it was huge. The, 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 the fact that he took Whelan out and left in McCarthy, McCarthy who had played so badly, and McCarthy who was, you know, everybody, I mean, I, I had assumed that McCarthy would come out. And, it is what he ended up doing was something similar to what we with the setup that we had against Germany, where we actually beat them. Um, Whelan didn't play that night because he was suspended. Mm-hmm. McCarthy played in that central defensive position as the kind of leader of the midfield and from that from that position and played brilliantly. And that was his best game for Ireland. And he was back doing that against Italy. And again, he played really, really well. And you just wonder. I mean, the other common factor, of course, that we shouldn't forget about is Daryl Murphy. Mm. Uh, Daryl Murphy also started that game against Germany. Uh, maybe this is the. Uh, I mean, it was an amazing statistic last night that that was the first time that Ireland had won a competitive game that Shane Long had started. Unbelievable! Wow. Like, I mean, it's, it's been nearly a decade. <laughs> it's been nearly a decade. Although he didn't start that many competitive games uh, in the first part of his in the first part of his career, to be sure. But you know, to to put to double up on McCarthy the way he did showed. Enormous confidence in his judgment because that's a decision. If McCarthy had repeated his performance, not it wouldn't have even needed to be uh, like against Belgium, where there was obvious mistakes that led directly to goals. But if it was just as insipid as the performance that he had against Sweden, Ireland would have lost, and everyone would have thought, "Why did you play McCarthy again when he clearly his head is not in this tournament? He can't get up to the pitch of it. You had enough evidence over 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 the last couple of games, and you picked him again." You know, what kind of management is that? The answer is this is real. This is real management. This was a case of I'm going to ignore what I saw in the last two games and go with what I believe to actually be true about this player. I think that this guy can come in. I think that he can, if I give him another chance to do this, that he's going to perform and that he's going to be a better option there. And that maybe if I take Whelan out, that actually might help him to to, to improve. It might actually help him to, you know, if he, if he's the guy with all the responsibility in that area, then he will take that responsibility and he will do it. And he had no evidence on the previous couple of games to suggest that that was going to be the case. So all he had was his own conviction that it was, and he decided to back that and go with it. And that's that's really brave, really shrewd management. And I think... Uh, you know, it's. I think he deserves a lot of credit for it. Well, one of the most impressive things about the performance, I thought, like O'Neill said before, and he and he said it since the game. I think he was looking for a performance of like relentless pressure and ferocious effort. And I thought, well, I, I could see this team giving that. We, we, you know, we have that in spades. There's, there's no reason to think that that isn't something the players could deliver on. But what we were questioning in the week, particularly after the Belgium game, is why can't an Irish team go and keep the ball? Why can't they be composed on the ball? keep possession, retain it and look comfortable with the ball at their feet and not be panicked and all kick and rush and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And last night they did that with ease. Like you, you can obviously factor into this conversation. It was, a, it was an understrength Italian side that I'm sure didn't play in a way that they are particularly pleased about themselves. But 
the way we kept the ball for, for, for spells of the game. Ah, you and your fancy football, Richie. I was all about the intensity. What, what impressed me about it was Seamus Coleman screaming Roaring. in the face of James McCarthy. Was uh, Shane Long doing that, I don't know, what, what kind of, that sort of peacock slash chicken impression to the goalkeeper. What yeah. was that? I don't know what was going on, but he was clearly in some m- m- mad zone. For, forget about the fancy football. Honestly, it looked like he was playing in the Ulster Football Championship. I, I That's the, the sort of lunacy that Shane Long was going on with. That's, you only see that in Clodus. It was Barkers. Yeah, it was but totally it's good. Bonkers, but you, yeah. do you know, you, you, you do see, like, you expect James McLean maybe to, to, to be shouting at people in the way that, uh, in the way that Seamus Coleman did. But uh, they, they're just all so wired up. And O'Neill from early on was so wired yeah. up as well. Uh, like you're saying, Richie, that's all pretty irrelevant if you can't keep the ball. Yeah, but, but it, it was. But the, they did get to the. They had the perfect balance. Yeah, it was the nice combination because, like. <laughs> I won't say it's easy. It actually is easy. It's quite easy to go out to pitch fired up and tear into tackles and roar at your mate and give fist bumps to the crowd. That's easy. No ability in the world you'd be able to deliver that. But if you can do that while also... We actually said it the other day after the Belgium game. When you know you run around, turn around, trying to close down space or win the ball back, and you do. But if your mind is still operating at that frantic pace you're going to give it away you just do you've got you've got to be composed you've got to switch from being frantic to composed in in a in it straight away and and we did it last night yeah martin o'neill said uh, we mentioned this ken in advance of the game that he wasn't too willing to engage with marco tardelli's portrayal of the irish players as the sort of tactically brainless idiots uh mm. it says Mar- it said after the game marco tardelli said we couldn't play with our heads i think tonight's performance against his nation might have put that to rest <laughs> <laughs> mm. Absolutely. Um, you know, and they were all players who could have been playing in Euro 2012, you know. Yeah. Hillen could have been there. Brady could have been there. Uh, Coleman could have been there. And they were all left out by Trapattoni, left out of the squad. And, you know, I think uh, it shows maybe he maybe he was watching that thinking, yeah, these guys actually weren't uh, weren't so bad after all. You know, he never really, uh, he never showed any faith in them. I mean, I love the intensity of Coleman. You know, Coleman did the press conference the day before, and he's so boring in the press conference. Like, he's so... He makes Dennis Irwin look like, you know, uh, Alan Iverson. You know what I mean? <laughs> Iverson. He's, he, he, uh, he's, he's unbelievably boring. Um, and and then you get out, and he's just got this un- incredible intensity. You know, you can see him in the tunnel even before, and he looked like a, he, a complete little psychopath. Gets out there on the pitch then. And I love that moment with McCarthy, because that was like... That's what... That's what, you That's, see what the entire nation wa- That's what the That's entire what- nation wanted someone to do to James McCarthy for the last week and a half. But it was like, I, I, I thought it was great. Like, Coleman, Coleman is a captain. Coleman is not, is not necessarily your idea of a, you know, a charismatic captain figure, you know, a Sergio Ramos type. Uh, he, you know, he, he doesn't really seem like a classic type like that. But out in the field, McCarthy made that header. It was an important header. He risked getting a boot in the face. And Coleman was like, yes, you know, that is exactly, that's it, come on, you know, come on. And you could see that he was really trying to help McCarthy there. McCarthy had had an, a nightmare. I mean, he's been, his last few days have been a, a nightmare. The worst, among the worst days of his career. You know, questioning his ability as a player, questioning his place in the team, feeling guilty about letting everyone down. And here he is playing well, Coleman saying, yes, come on, you know, we believe in you. That was what the moment seemed to say to me. Um and it was just great to see that attitude in the Irish place. James McLean. We haven't mentioned James McLean. I said, what's the point in playing James McLean? <laughs> because I don't think that James McLean, you know, I, I, I don't see him necessarily as a Euro 2016 dominating player in the technical sense. And I, 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 too often I've, I've watched him and I've seen him make simple techni- technical errors. I mean, you know, you only have to go back to the Sweden game and, and remember running the ball out over the end line when he had an easy chance to beat his fullback. Um, those kinds of things, I, I think, let him down. And there's also this sort of uncontrolled, sometimes aggression, which I think is a little bit risky. Last night was, he just absolutely hit the sweet spot. This was just perfect, perfect James McLean. You know what I mean? There was, there was the aggression was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. You know, it wasn't like, you know, tempting the referee to, to start showing cards. It was just making it really difficult uh, for Italy, the, you know, the work rate, the way, like Tony Pulis talks about James McLean having a phenomenal work rate. When Tony Pulis says that you have a phenomenal work rate, you know, you're working harder than, he, he did run further than everybody else in the field. That that was uh, the case in the statistics. But he even had, you know, that dribble, uh, oh, two amazing. Italian players unsure which way he's going to go next. You know, that sort of weaving, dri- like he doesn't, he doesn't have too many different kinds of dribble, but he is good at that particular one. <laughs> and it came off, you know what I mean? 
he just it was a, it was an absolutely fantastic performance. You know, you just wish James McLean could play like that all the time because this is it. You know, the other thing is, is the referee. I mean, the penalty that Ireland weren't given was absolutely scandalous. That was a foul on McLean. Yeah. It was so obvious. It was you. It was you sitting watching this boggle eye, thinking, "What are we watching here? What is going on here?" Because. That is as clear a penalty as you can see. Now, there was a moment before that where Benucci elbowed Shane Long in the head at a, at a corner. There was another one where uh, I think it was uh, uh, Ogbonna had, had Long again in, you know, in a headlock uh, at a corner. <laughs> you know, these are obviously fouls. Technically speaking, those should be penalties. But those penalties don't really get given. And the reason is that usually the referee isn't looking at them. We're tapping off the ball and there's kind of a, well, off the ball, players tussle a little bit, you know, you can't be given penalties for everything. When the guy who has the ball and is just about to shoot, I mean, that's the guy everyone in the stadium is looking at right now, including, you would imagine, the officials, gets shoved over from behind as blatantly as anything by a defender who then, you know, tries to retract his head down into his shirt while, while raising his two hands, you know, raising his palms towards the sky, right? <laughs> That's exactly what the defender did. He tries to retract his head like a tortoise while putting his hands <laughs> towards the sky. That means the defender knows it's a penalty as well. And the ref and was right don't, beside when, him. Sorry? The ref was right beside him. I it, was amazing, it was unbelievable. So how can you not give a penalty for that? So that's what that's we were thinking. This is this is not right. And after you know, and, and it was incredibly frustrating. And as the game went on, and it was still nil nil, you were thinking more about it. Thinking, this is this is a joke. We can't have this. I'd, I'd love to hear what Trapattoni says about that. I know what Trapattoni thinks when decisions like that happen in games. You know, I know what Liam Brady thinks. He played nearly a while as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What what is going on? It just kind of added. Just... It, it added to the sense of dread in the second half. Mm-hmm. The more, the longer the game went on, because you're, you're looking at, at at an Irish team that's dominating the ball, that's that's far more aggressive, far more positive, looks like more the goal threat. And then you're kind of reflecting, oh God, do you remember there was that decision and that decision. The McLean it's another, it's was another a, hard it was a, look story. Exactly. Like then, oh one. no, we are. We are in the territory here in ex- in a matter of minutes now. We're going to be talking about a heroic kind of defeat, like moral victories, all this kind of <laughs> crap. Which, but, yeah. but we're the going push, to be going the home. push on McLean, the, the yeah. kick into the back of Shane Log, yeah. you know, the cheery on Riambo. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to yeah, we're going to be whinging about officials. We're going to be talking about um, you know the positives going forward, all that kind of crap. But, but we're going to be going home, <laughs> and then for the goal to come when it did, it's like going jackpot. Let's hear what the. I, I, I yes, just want to say, Owen. I mean, I was moaning about the referee there, but I do think that it should also be mentioned that he resisted the temptation to show some cards quite early in the match. <laughs> mm. I think that was a when, big help to us as well. Oh, really was. Because there was there was the, obviously the Coleman one, which was a really nasty challenge. You know, he caught the defender in the Achilles. That was mean. You know, it was definitely a yellow card. Didn't get it. Uh, there was a Hendrick one where he took the ball, but really, really took the man as well. You could, you know, you could see that going the other direction. Wasn't there, didn't McLean have one as well? Um, there was three definitely in the in the opening sort of few minutes, which another referee might have booked, and the referee was very tolerant and you know let things go. He did. I mean, the penalty was a ridiculous decision. There was a, there was a couple of fouls given against McCarthy, which I thought were ridiculous as well. But on balance, you know, when you when you consider the performance of the referee, the penalty was a big mistake. But the the lenient attitude, the liberal attitude towards some of the rougher play, was ultimately helpful to Ireland, you know, and and I wonder if that is, if because we have seen a good bit of it in the tournament, if that's kind of generally the way it's going to be. And if it is, then that's good for us because admittedly we're playing against the host nation next, so kind of all bets are off referee-wise. But, you know, if, if you can play, if, if the referees are, are going to allow that kind of much more physical, more confrontational game, um, then certainly with the kind of team we had out last night, that's that's going to be helpful to us. Let's hear from some of the players, Ken. Who did you get a chance to chat to afterwards? Well, all the players uh, really wanted to talk after the game. It was, it was the best mix zone I've ever been in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, in terms of Irish players talking, uh, we'll hear first from the man who uh, lost it all and then won it all back again with that amazing ball a few minutes, uh, a few seconds later. Wesley Hulan. Yeah, thank God for Robbie Brady. Yeah, he was a great header. Um, you know, uh, I thought we were brilliant tonight. Uh, excellent from the start. You know, probably should have had a penalty in the first half, but uh, we've seen it right through to the end. And uh, to get the goal there right at the end it was magnificent. What was the reaction to the penalty among the team? It was so blatant. Yeah, the gaffers have said at half time was 100% a penalty. And uh, you know, not to think about it too much, just keep going, keep playing the way we've been playing, and uh, hopefully, hopefully the goal will come. What did he ask you to do when you came on? 
Uh, just get on the ball and try to uh, make something happen. And um, I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I did. For uh, it was a great uh, run by Robbie, and um, to nod it in was a brilliant, brilliant occasion. What about the chance just before it? Yeah, probably had too much time to think about it, <clears throat> to be honest. And uh, you know, but thank God uh, Robbie's put it in there. I can forget. I can sleep tonight now. Well, you're kind of surprised it just opened up in front of you the way it did. Or? Yeah, I, t- I thought the referee was about to blow, but um, he didn't. And I just thought it all lovely, and uh, I thought I could just roll it into the goal, and yeah. um, the keeper kind of didn't didn't move much was it in your mind then to make up for that straight away or like, um, yeah or I just thought about it and thought hopefully you know another chance will come or if we can do something to uh, make an impact in the game and uh, you know thank god it is it's a beautiful ball I mean what's going to be to have you hit the ball um, just, just let it get on someone's head you know hopefully and uh, the keeper was tempted by it and Robbie just ran in you know he, he ran from the halfway line and um, it was a great header just listening to that you realise that had we not gone on and got the goal that would have been the conversation that Wes Hulan would have to ask for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life, pizza like I, ads and all that kind of stuff. I, exactly, like I, I, Wes Hulan, Riley, Riley, sort of <laughs> sending up his horror myth. Yeah, like Wes Hulan standing at a, at a train station. You know, he's, he's in his fifties, and uh, someone comes up to him and is like, "You're you're a man who missed that shot in New York, aren't <laughs> you?" Yeah. And uh, and and Wes will have to kind of smile to the camera and pick up another check for five grand. You know. Like Ray, Ray Houghton still Thank gets God that it. Didn't happen. Anytime I'm out with Ray after an RTE show, it's every single night, umpteen times, people will come up to him and ask him about the Italy goal or the England goal and which he prefers and talk him through it and all that kind of stuff. So that would have been Wes in a different context if people obviously would have, you know, relived the Sweden goal, but, you know, what the hell did you do in the Italy game? Jesus, how'd you score? That would have been on repeat <laughs> for the rest of this for his life. And now he can talk about it and smile and shrug it off and say, yeah, well, the ball I got. But in two minutes later, it wasn't bad. Another player who almost scored, Ken? The man that the European media are hailing as um, Ireland's midfield genius, uh, the leader of the team, the man who makes it all tick. Uh, will it be Serie A? Will it be La Liga? Will it be the Bundesliga? Or will it be another season at Derby County for Jeff Hendrick? I probably just wasn't flavour of the month at Derby. Uh, you know, it was a frustrating year. It's uh, why I'm here so long. I started growing it in September and I said I could it uh, when I started two games in a row, and it didn't happen until February. So uh, it was, it was. I was starting to enjoy having a long den, so I left it. But yeah, getting back to it, it was, it was a hard season for me to to enjoy. I didn't play enough, uh, and then I was, I got the injury near the end, and I was, I was worried if I'd be right for the tournament. And, and thankfully, I, I got back fit, and I've been working hard and training. And, trying to get myself ready for the games. Marco Tardelli's been raving about you, saying that you should be playing in Italy. I mean, would, would something like that appeal to you? You've obviously uh, had a shot window tonight where you will have impressed quite a few Italians. Uh, I don't know. If he, if he gets a job, he can try and sign me. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Jeff Hendrick in <laughs> sparkling. <laughs> if he gets a job, that's uh, that's uh, like that. a good. Uh, I hope he dropped the mic after that and just walked away. He, uh, well, he couldn't. He wasn't holding the mic because because his hands were full. And one hand, he had a pizza, uh, which was <laughs> which like he kind of mashed size. into bar form. For Sorry, he kind of mashed it into bar form. From he, the he just he just folded it over like uh, on the you know. So he was he was hold, he was gripping it by the uh, he basically folded this pizza in half. And he was gripping it by the sort of base side, so the toppings were, you know, squished together. And he was just every so often tearing another little lump out of it between, as he moved down this list of uh, people waiting to talk to him, just talking, absolutely talking to everybody. In his other hand, he had a bottle of Carlsberg. Um, so <laughs> everybody got to see Irish Euro refueling. Uh, in action. But, you know, I mean, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. I, don't, I, think, uh, I think Peter immediately posts... Uh, uh, you know, running uh, 10k or whatever uh, isn't the worst. Uh, it's not the worst time to eat pizza, and if you if you need to have a beer as well after uh, knocking or after uh, getting to the last 16 of the European Championships, I also don't have a problem with that. I think he played really well, and uh, I think he's been just an absolute revelation for us in the tournament. And I hope that he can do the same thing now against France on uh, Sunday. Yeah, he's been incredible, and he talked down his little move for that goal, but there was a lovely. Sort of swivel of the hips, Shimmy Hendrix, my mate, nickname. Him. And then, of course, I corrected him and said, "Yeah, exactly." Hendrick. I said, "Sorry, it's Hendrix, so that doesn't work." Uh, so. <laughs> I'm a good guy to have around watching matches with. Yeah, I must invite you over on Sunday. Pedantic, um, you know, ruler of what nicknames can be used and what can't. Ken, uh, who uh, James McCarthy talked for quite a long time. Apparently, James McCarthy. He rarely speaks. Never speaks. Only says one 
thing. He says, water off a duck's back. <laughs> and uh, he says that in every context, answering every question. Every, it doesn't matter what you ask him, the answer is the same. I mean, definitely not passing the Turing test, uh, you know, if, uh, in terms of uh, post-match, usual post-match comments. But that's just because he doesn't really want to talk. Because yesterday, he did. Or he, he you know, he, I think he was genuinely delighted yesterday with... The fact that he had got into well, why am I why am I talking? Just listen to just listen to McCarthy talk, because as you've never heard him before, <laughs> it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't good enough. Um, certainly, I was I was gutted, um, but family um, constantly on the phone, making sure everything's fine. My teammates, management, um, they've all stuck by me. And hopefully now we can we can uh, go that bit further now. Obviously last 16 but we're not just going into the game thinking oh that's good we've got there we, we want to push on now it's all to be given it's all there and we can, we can we can be proud of ourselves tonight but listen we need to go again Sunday When did you know you were going to be involved today James? An hour an hour and a half before the game <laughs> I was certainly nervous if, if we're going to play or not it's after the, the game against Belgium and as I say it's not about me, um, it's about the team and um, I'm delighted to um, just just get get over the line and make sure uh, we're into the last 16. Sorry, when the manager shows faith in you like that, do you feel as though you've got a point to prove to him you need to kind of... Yeah, I wanted to repay him, obviously he showed a bit of faith in me and um, listen, I was, was a low point in my career, um, but as I said, my teammates, family, everyone was on the phone and friends that... They were there for me and picked me up, and it's just it's, it's an unbelievable feeling tonight, especially the fans. Unbelievable there tonight. There was a moment in the game, first half, where you had the ball away, and Seamus Coleman sort of grabs you in the head and screams something into your face, very, very loud. Do you remember what he was trying to say to you? Yeah, uh, he's just trying to get me going. It's been a long few days, to be honest, after the Belgium game, and then. To hear, I was, I wasn't, I was maybe a bit hard. Obviously, for the two goals, it, it wasn't acceptable, wasn't good enough, and um, I, I was hard on myself, rightly so. And um, obviously, the, as I say, the lads have been there to pick me up, and the family on the phone, and he was just trying to get me going. Maybe it's good to know that your teammates, your manager, have respect for you. Think you're a good player, a really important player for this team. A performance like that doesn't. Like at Belgium, it doesn't really matter. You're back in the team for the next game. Oh, it's, 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 I'm, I'm delighted the gaffer stopped with me. Listen, um, and it's, 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 it's about a team, but listen, it's, it's, it's not about me. It's not about the goal scorers. It's, it's about this team, and um, we showed good character tonight and made sure that we got over the line. A lot of people doubted us. Um, from the from the opening game, from from the start, and obviously even after the Belgium game, a lot of people wrote us off. But certainly, as I say, within the squad, we knew that we were good enough to to achieve getting through the, the group stage, and now we want to try and go go again. That was James McCarthy there. We should have mentioned at the start he was speaking about the performance against Belgium being unacceptable rather than the performance yeah. last night being <laughs> unacceptable. Uh, that was just totally unacceptable for me last night, yeah. says James McCarthy, after having an absolute storm. Richie, you, you were quite quite struck there? Yeah, I, he, like he, he was right to say those things. It's not about me, it's about the team. And, and, and he's absolutely correct in saying that. But I, I love the way he opened up a little bit there about how difficult he's found the last few days. And, and, and you know, he's the lowest, one of the lowest points in his career. And also the, the rallying around the friends. The, I, I don't know if some people appreciate the, that side of things. That, you know, we said at the very start of this podcast you know, how much it means to the players to do well, but it also means a great deal to them when they do badly. It hurts as well. So from to open up of it, that was great. And you can imagine the just the... I assume the respect of the bond between him and Martin O'Neill now. Like it was a big call for O'Neill to play him again for all the reasons we've talked about in the last couple of podcasts and this one. The performances against Sweden, particularly against Belgium, but to put him in 
and and seemingly at the cost of someone like Glenn Whelan and, and the role he's done for so long. It's it's what a show of support from the manager. Big big call, which he, he totally justified. It's especially nice to hear him, McCarthy, specifically talking about how much it affects him when he plays when he plays badly at the major championships. Because that's always the fear that we have with McCarthy is that he doesn't he certainly doesn't show that he cares, show that it really deeply affects him. But that's just his personality. And and, and, and like Ken said, when you speak so little to the media. Or like we said earlier, that even when you do speak to the media, you're so bloody guarded because you know any semi-interesting or revealing comment will be will make headlines. People will do podcasts about them, yeah. and there'll be opinion pieces written in, in on, on blogs in a newspaper. So there's a reason you, you you box clever in public. So we often don't see the personal side of players. So for yeah. that little kind of stuff to come out from McCarthy, and we're seeing more of it—the the Brady interview, the scenes with his family—all <laughs> of those things happen all the time, but they usually happen out of view because people you know, have a right to privacy and they don't want the world of media course, yeah, particularly yeah, the football yeah. media because they're, they're animals like they, they, they <laughs> just are so brilliant well, brilliant for him personally I'm just going to step in here because I think that's I think, I think you're out of order <laughs> uh, I think you're out of order there but although I do have to, have to say that I mean we didn't hear all of what McCarthy talked for ten and a half minutes just in that little session in the mix on which, which wow. is unprecedented uh, for him um, but he was doing a lot of talking to a Scottish journalist who was there, uh, who was asking quite a lot of questions about Scotland, which we haven't played because we didn't think people really are all that interested in whether Scotland would have done well at these Euros. But he's just been asked question after question about Scotland. Now, this is a journalist who I think uh, McCarthy does respect. I mean, he shook hands with him at the end. You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it didn't seem as though he was being prodded by an enemy journalist or a guy who he didn't like or, or was wary of. That didn't seem to be the dynamic at all. But he was still being asked to talk about what, for him, is a, is a t- tricky, tricky subject to talk about. And there was a point at which he just kind of looked up, grinned at the guy and went, uh, uh, I don't want to get into a war of words with Scotland. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair laughs> Mac- McCarthy launches war of words with, with Scots. You know, he, 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 but like that's what he's got to. That's what he's got to be careful of. You know what I mean? He, he. I, that's what Richie's talking about. I mean, I, I think it's. I think it's totally out of order to describe the football media as animals. I think it's a disgrace, and I think you should apologize. You think you should retract and apologize your your comments as a disgrace. But no, there's, uh, no, there's no need for Richie. There's the pitfall there. You could see the pitfall. It wouldn't need to come in the piece that the guy was writing. It just needs the quotes to be out there, and then for someone to take them to, uh, and re- and react to them. You know, someone to write a blog, oh, you know, disloyal James McCarthy once again gloats over Scottish pain, the turncoat midfielder 26, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he just, like, who, who wants that? Nobody needs that. So that's why he just kind of tends not to speak on those subjects or indeed any subject. There's a beastly element to a lot of the football media, as you're well aware, Ken. Well, you know, let's not, let's not deny uh, the animal nature that uh, dwells within all of us, you know. And so what if the football media is a little bit more upfront about the true nature of humanity than, than uh, certain other sectors of the media? You caught up with a couple of true beasts of the Irish football media afterwards? The big beasts, yeah. Owen. Uh, the big beasts. Miguel, uh, a delighted Miguel Delaney, uh, and, uh, Senate, and an ecstatic Dion Fanning of Sports Joe. Uh, well, here we are now in the distinctly anticlimactic uh, <laughs> setting of the media centre, having party witnessed. Here. It's a party. Well, it is. Everyone's, you know, people drinking beer, eating crisps, high fiving, hugging, crying. Yeah, there is, there is an element of happiness here. Pat's on the back from, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Some English journalist saying to, to yeah. the Irish, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 I saw John Delaney dancing a little jig outside. What? Yeah. yeah. Just a little private moment as he came out of the stadium. <laughs> what kind of a what kind of a jig? Well, we we're, we're, we're you know we're we're, brought, we're we're doing audio, but I like kind of little something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like a, like the dancing leprechaun in uh, Darby O'Gill and the little baby. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Okay. You know, and, I, and, and who could blame him? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> Everyone is, enti- you know, if anyone is entitled to dance a little jig today. Well, he's, he's done a lot to get us to this point. Uh, but where, Miguel, do you think this actually ranks, you know, in, in the history of Irish football wins? Uh, well, it's so it's so different than to any of our previous games, I think, because of the fact that it, we had to win. I think we've never actually been in that situation. Like, I mean... In terms of a tournament against Saudi Arabia, who you but, know, but yeah, but that's like I mean, all right, and even if this is a second string Italy, it's still a Conte Italy. who have been one of the best teams in the tournament, mm. uh, and, and in Saudi Arabia, we didn't just have the kind of the bat, like the battering, which should have been the confidence shattering game yeah. against Belgium. But so the comeback from that is incredible. But it, it do, like I was just thinking about this, it sums up this entire campaign. Like the pattern's been the same. Like in qualifying, 
we, we'd seen Wales and Northern Ireland go. We were worried we were going to miss out because then we had such a massive game against one of the best teams in the world, yeah. and then went and actually won that. And this is exactly the same now. We've seen those teams qualify. I thought we were going to be one of the kind of the sorry eight to go out before the last 16, and then we've claimed a win that, let's be honest, we all thought was improbable. Yeah, what do you make, what do you make of it, Jim? Oh, yeah, I think it's coming. I, I didn't see it coming. Um, and I thought when Wes missed that yeah. chance, I thought that was it. Yeah. I thought this is this is just we've 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 heard this, you know, we've seen this film before. And it was the worst thing ever because it was going to be like I, I yeah, was exactly, certain, exactly, I was yeah. certain he was scoring. I was like, it's yeah. Wes. You can have, you, you do all the computations like it's Wes. He's through. He's got mm. it on his left foot. Everything yeah. is perfect. Yeah. I couldn't see anything except him just slotting that in. It, it looked like it was going to be another moral draw. And, and then, and then yeah. Yeah, and then another moral draw, except that Wes Hulahan's reputation would have been ruined well, forever. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, cause, I mean, if someone, I mean, there's been some talk about whether he'll retire after the tournament and all that. But yeah, that would have been his defining moment in an Irish shirt, which would have been, instead, he's the architect of uh, one of the greatest moments. Yeah, and it's such a fantastic goal. Yeah. Like, they were playing it on loop from different angles in the mix zone mm. there. Mm. And uh, it is an astonishing well, we, goal we when just you watch it. You know, the whole, the whole build-up and Robbie Brady's involvement and then getting into Aiden McGeady as well. Aiden McGeady did really well for it uh, we have to give him credit yeah and, uh, I was I'm reluctant to give him credit I was reluctant <laughs> to see him come on the field when he took that shot when he took what did you think when he took that shot and his left foot from 25 yards did you think good decision Aiden? <laughs> um, or do no. you think bad decision? Bad decision, Aiden. Bad decision. He's had a go. He, <laughs> he's, he's had a go. He came. He came through in the end. I mean, what what were you thinking when you saw the team to begin with? I mean, there was all these changes, but the the most striking one to me was one that very few people, including myself, hadn't predicted. Uh, which is that James McCarthy was still in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I I didn't predict. I did say I I did pick a team. Uh, on with sports show, with, 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 no, the team I would like to pick and I would like to play, and it was Whelan out and McCarthy in. And yeah. I think because, and this is the thing. This is actually, but this should have been. This decision should have been made after the Germany game in October. Yeah, or after the last uh, World Cup qualifiers. Well, yeah, H- yeah, Hendrik ran the game. Yeah, but but but, but and McCarthy in that position. Yeah. You know, that's that's where he plays well. The, the, yeah. and the, and I think it was a great, a really brave call. I wonder. I wonder with O'Neill how much um, his running battle with Eamon Dunphy had to do with this, <laughs> because uh, you know he doubled down on James McCarthy. It was like you know, I'm not, and uh, and it was it was a massive decision. And I, but I think the thing about the team he picked mm. was it, like he wanted energy. And it was such an energetic side. Like from you know, yeah. Duffy is kind of a monster at both ends of the field. Uh, you know, McCarthy, Hendrick, Brady, McLean, McLean yeah. you know, all this. Sort of, and what it did to Italy was it basically said, just it was like this team will remind you that you don't care about yeah, this game. Yeah. It was yeah. like forget about care, forget about caring about this game because yeah, yeah. we're just going to be in your faces. You don't care about it. Yeah, you don't care. Remember, you don't care about this. And if you think about caring about it, like Daryl Murphy's going to clatter into you, Shane Duffy's going to smack into you. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know yeah. that's how we're going to remind you all through the game that you don't care about uh, it. And, and, they, that, and they wound them, yeah. wound them down. Like, like that. McCarthy talked on the media after the game tonight. It's like it'll be he'll be quoted a lot in the next few days because he was really good at value in the mix. But and, and a lot of it was about this kind of sense of kind of redemption and you know. Yeah. But I think that was the, and that was a team of the whole night really. Like everything kind of worked out in the end. Like the decisions that we would have thought were surprising from O'Neill. Um, like to be honest, I, th- I thought we put in a spirited performance, but we, like, we mightn't have enough. Yeah, but it was, uh, I was I was already yeah. writing that. Oh, you know, good try. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't score a goal ever. So exactly. But and that's it. Like I mean, the, the team worked out right down to the fact that bringing on Hulahan actually was almost a masterstroke. Made us stronger at a key moment yeah, yeah. when we were getting tired. Exactly. Then Hulahan himself, he missed the chance, comes back, and that was kind of, that resilience was the uh, was the story the whole night. And even the fact that in the in the end, all those decisions gone against us, all those early missed chances actually work out better because there's nothing sweeter than winning the way we did. The referee, it was a joke, the penalty that he didn't give out. It was, it was, it was insane. It was, it was like, what, what are we watching? I know what Giovanni Trapattoni would have been saying about this. You know, I know exactly what he would have thought of that kind of refereeing against his team. Yeah. But in, in the kind of fullness of time, I also reflect on the fact that there were a lot of tackles going in from Irish players, particularly but, early on. But Hendrick made an astonishing tackle mm. in, in the first few minutes. But that was a, that yeah. was a man and ball tackle, though. Yeah, yeah, but it was still but it was a, lo- a lot of man. And Col- you know, Col- Coleman's one I thought was a bit worse. But that was like a studs into the Achilles. That was like almost in the first in the first minute or yeah. so. Who, who was it earlier on Ward though? As well, that was one of the worst tackles of the game. I thought it was a nasty one. Like, there was a bit of an edge to it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, was it Bernadeschi? No, it was, it was, it was, the, it was the right yeah, Bernadeschi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, you know, in, in, in the, it, it does seem as though they're kind of allowing. They're kind of beginning to see the, the good side of violent play yeah. in a way that in recent tournaments they haven't. And this is something which could work to Ireland's well, advantage. Exactly, and like 
I was kind of thinking about, like, again, expecting us to go out, I was kind of thinking about my piece this Sunday, which was basically going to be, I suppose, the, the, the really deflating thing about this tournament is that we'd gone from someone with such a respectable record, we'd never been hammered, hammered in tournaments. We, we'd always had a you know, spirited performance, even, even like Euro 88, but we didn't go through. But deal, losing to Belgium, like we did, kind of compounded Euro 2012 and turns into just another also round of the tournaments. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of completely salad, blown that away. Yeah. I, I think the, the couple of things as well about it is it's such a huge... Um, result for Irish football and for this team because they've because of what you're saying because they've things have just you know nothing has gone right for them mm. you know and they go to 2012 and it's just it's a terrible disaster and, a, and an image forms of the, of the Ireland football team mm. as these as kind of losers yeah. you know and the Germany game changed that but it's still a qualifier but you can see yeah. what had happened in the country after that game yeah. and as to have this result tonight and what it means for that team and you could see like the emo- there was an kind of incredible emotion in the mix zone like Shane Duffy like looked kind of you know close to tears yeah. Yeah. Um, like guys who aren't McCarthy the- McCarthy spoke honestly like he was in <laughs> psychoanalysis it was like he, he, was, he, he talked yeah. for ten and a half minutes I've never seen him yeah. say more than five words in a sentence <laughs> it's water off a duck's back it's the sentence that he says to every single thing yeah, yeah, and there yeah. he was talking he, about the, the duck is, the duck is <laughs> singing the duck is, is talking the duck is on the couch yeah. and saying this is well you know it was hell after the Belgium game but my family and friends got me through yeah. it you know and I, you know, I talked to James MacArthur James, James MacArthur helped me sort my head out really the gaffer, yeah yeah I'm, t- I'm telling you I'll send it James, James MacArthur one of the, the heroes <laughs> the, 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 the McCarthy whisperer James <laughs> yeah. McCarthy is the CG Young of, uh, of Irish football yeah, but it's I mean it was great I, th- I, I think that O'Neill deserves a lot of credit actually for, yeah, for going with him I, would, yeah. I wouldn't have yeah. gone for him I would have said yeah, you're right, yeah. I would have been like this cowardly coach going well James I'm afraid those games have made up my mind for me it isn't me that takes care of the team it's you yeah, and yeah. O'Neill could easily have done that yeah. and instead he said no, I'm actually going to take the other guy out of the team, the guy nobody's complaining about. Which to be, it could be, it's a psychological masterstroke in itself. The fact that, mm. yeah, that, that backing at that time, when you know, the, the way that McCarthy was criticised after, uh, after I mean, Stephen Hunt used the line in the uh, on <laughs> on Saturday and, and in the Sunday Independence column that basically his expressionless face kind of makes him brings even more criticism on him in that sense. It's true, he is he is a little bit inert. But what do you think? Just finally. Um, how much of that team is still going to be in place when we play France? We're playing France. We have the chance to knock France out of their own tournament. I mean, I, and Robbie, France the poets, so, you know. Robbie Keane was asked about that. You know, a French journalist actually said, "Oh, you know, you were the, you were on the pitch in 2009," and Robbie just stared at him and he said, "You know, when France scored that goal," and Robbie continued to stare at him. And he goes, "Will that be a factor?" And of course not. I won't think about it for one second. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they, they might I mean, think about it? But, uh, you know, whatever about, whatever about that, how much of that team that we saw tonight do you think will be involved in the France game? I think as, as much of it as, as, you know, they can get out on the pitch. I don't think... I think you'll want that level of energy mm. again because you found you found there's going to be momentum now this is the thing like, these, like even though I think logically you'd almost think that there should be there should be a hangover that they should be that like, it's four days later the legs should be heavy especially after the but then I suppose in a tournament situation kind of different kind of things take over in that kind of way and that, like just the sheer euphoria this like, can kind of carry them through that like, France by the way are not that no. joined up a team no, they're not, lots yeah. of good players but it's not like they're this you know like Spain into 2012 that just sort of keep them all away from I, you and kill what, what Keane said this week was really interesting about how you know we, we're not going to solve the problems in 48 hours mm. like there was basically I think after Belgium it was like these guys we've got to just play to the strengths that we have yeah. which is energy or get energy into the team we don't have the technical ability to control the game we're going to we're going to overrun if we try and sit back the way Trapp used to try and get us to sit back so we yeah. need to kind of go on the front foot and get our, our energetic players on the pitch mm. and I think now having landed on that you know it's a massive like you know, you could you could you could have accused O'Neill, and I was kind of wondering about this beforehand. But like the amount of change he's making, dropping his two centre backs. You like if that was Roy Hodgson, you'd be saying he doesn't know his best team. He's kind of having he's yeah. sort of he's he's flailing around. So to do that and to make these big calls, and McCarthy is another one. Now he's got a team, and I think you know you've got. I think he has to as much as he can send that team out and mm. and just play with that same purpose. That's Ireland's best chance of, yeah. of doing anything against oh, yeah. anybody. Is it's a play like that. And England in the quarterfinals. England well or, or Iceland. Or Iceland. England or Iceland. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, could be here could be here for a while yet. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Cheers. I love that uh, description from Dion there of the Irish approach that this team is going to remind you, you being Italy, that you don't care about this game. Yeah. It's nice. easier for you to to remember that. That you know, if you could just remember that you 
don't really care that much. And by the way, this means a lot to us. And yeah, that was the thing that you could see. I mean, the reaction to the crowd, you know, it's just, I was talking to an English journalist afterwards. He said, I've never heard a roar for an England goal like that. And I said, oh, really? What about, you know, Sturridge the other day against Wales? That was pretty big. And he was like, mm, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't think so. I really, I really don't think I've, I've seen that kind of thing. And I suppose what, what it maybe comes down to, in a sense, with Ireland is that for an Irish crowd to support an Irish team on a stage as big as that is a once-in-a-generation once event. You know, to get to, to, for a goal as big as that, a result as big as that, it's a once-in-a-generation event. Whereas, you know, if you've got English football fans, uh, you know, maybe they've been to see Man United in the Champions League final in 2008, you know, or, you know, they, they've been to see, uh, they were all there when, when Arsenal scored that goal against Leicester. You know, they've got kind of big, big-time football, you know, big stadiums full of people watching high-level football, and now, I know some people are going to be listening to this and thinking, listening to your man sagging off the league around. I'm, you know, I don't mean that. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is, in terms of the top level of the game around the world, this is all we've got. This is all we've got in Ireland. You know, we don't, without a league that's on this level, we don't really have that. So into that moment is poured all of, you know, all of that kind of, you know, energy, all of that emotion that maybe with other countries that have, you know, big time leagues, you know, maybe it's kind of bled off a little bit week by week. You know, there's, there's stuff to occupy. And, and this is just another big match in a, in a succession of big matches. But for us, this was it. You know, this is everything. And it really does mean more, I think, to, uh, to Irish fans than to Italian fans, you know. I'm not suggesting there aren't plenty of Italian fans who are really passionate about their national team. But their national team is always playing this type of game. For us, that win is, you know, that's our fourth ever win in the tournament. <laughs> you know, our fourth ever win in the tournament. So, um so yeah, maybe maybe that maybe that journalist is right. Maybe uh, maybe that is the kind of that's that's as loud a, a noise as you're going to get for uh, for a goal. Not forgetting the fact that it was one of the most amazing days, full stop, of major tournament football I can remember. Certainly, Goodmunder oh. Goodmunder Benedictson thought so. <laughs> He's a, he's a former international, apparently, Goodmunder. He's certainly taken on his role as a commentator with uh, great gusto there. He, he has. He's taken to it with applause. It was uh, Arner Ingvi Traustason with the goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that's really incredible stuff. Yeah, sometimes as a commentator, you, re, you want to shout and scream, but you've also got to remember that less is more uh, <laughs> on, a, on occasion. If you really want to get the voice booming out there for those moments sometimes you just gotta throttle back slightly on the amount of air you're trying to push through your vocal cords um or you end up uh you know what can i say it's a pretty authentic display of emotion um and one which i guess goes down into nordic commentary legend with the uh your boys uh, um, but yeah uh no, i mean that was amazing amazing game jeez we were all watching we were watching weird shootout yeah i mean and Ronaldo, fair play to him. Like, yeah, I mean, seriously, how, talk about stepping up. And because, two of the most Ronaldo goals as well. Oh well, two absolutely brilliant yeah, goals. Brilliant goals. The, uh, you know the the Ronaldo trademark header that nobody else is able to do quite as well as him. Just poof, the you know the the most powerful neck anyone's ever seen in football. Just slamming in a a header like it's a shot. Um, but the flick before that was beautiful. It's one of the best of that type of goal I think I've ever seen. It's a really awkward bounce. And he just controlled it so perfectly, knocked it in. And then in between, the tantrum, <laughs> amazing tantrum, <laughs> when Hungary went 3-2 up, which had the whole place. It, I was watching the, the stadium media centre at Lille. The whole place in stitches laughing at that. Um, <laughs> the man is entertainment. He's the soul of entertainment. He's the, he doesn't realize in all the ways in which he is entertaining. He thinks he's entertaining because he's a great footballer and his agent says he's entertaining as well because he's a great human being. Uh, the, the viewing public can see that there are yet more dimensions to this entertainment phenomenon. But you got to say, you know, he stepped up there and if he's playing his way into the tournament now, 
um, you know, maybe Portugal are not going to be as, as, as weak. I mean, I still think Portugal will probably lose to Croatia, but, you know, it's any team that has Ronaldo has a chance. Yeah, any team that has James McLean has a chance too, Ken. And I, I feel France are nervy and could be there for the taking. And if we take them, we play England or Iceland in the quarterfinal. We, we've mapped out our route to the semifinals here, Ken. Yeah. England or Iceland, followed by, who is it, Germany or Spain or Italy or one of those? We worry about that. Once you're in the semi-finals, anything can happen. Listen, Ken, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. We're just, <laughs> we're just putting ourselves just into the, the semi-finals. Yeah. Listen, that'll take care of itself. And then, a, and then a, a, a final showdown in Paris with Northern Ireland. Oh, oh bring it on. I'm delighted the world's media would be to see the Irish fans, a whole stadium full of Irish <laughs> fans. Maybe that's what this is all leading up to. We'll have our big Ireland-France preview podcast tomorrow. Uh, I, I, think I, like, I actually like the delineation that we, di- we haven't actually talked about France at all. No. The, the whole not. idea of it is no. forget it. luxurious that's, that's tomorrow. in what happened yesterday, last we, night. Can we carry on this chat even after recording? Oh, yeah. I've cleared my day. I've very little to do. I think we might just watch the goal again. Thanks, Richie. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Merv. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Thanks Ken. Ken. Thanks, Richie. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks so much for listening. Here's to the second round. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.